Welcome to the latest episode of the Arts Learning Festival podcast. I'm Shane Green and I'm part of the festival team here at Independent Schools Victoria. The Arts Learning Festival is a celebration of the importance of arts in education. We held our first festival in 2017 and we got a wonderful response from schools, families and the wider community. The festival was described by The Age as a groundbreaking union of art and education. We're coming back in May over three days with a new exciting program. Our first two days, on Thursday the 2nd of May and Friday the 3rd of May, are for students and teachers. And while we represent independent schools, we invite students and teachers from all sectors to join in. On Saturday the 4th of May, we'll have our Community Day where everyone is invited to come along. We'll be announcing details of the Community Day later this month, so stay tuned. In this podcast, we're taking a deep dive into the program, and in this latest episode, we're delighted to talk to Simon Gibson, the Chief Executive Officer of The Song Room, one of our main presenters of the festival. Many of you will already know Simon, who's one of our leading educators. Beginning as an English and drama teacher in Western Australia, Simon went on to different school leadership positions here and overseas. Most recently, he was headmaster of St. Michael's Grammar School between 2000 and 2017. It's a member school of Independent Schools Victoria, and Simon was also a board member here at ISV. He's passionate about education and the role of the arts, a perfect fit for his role at the Song Room. We met Simon at the Song Room's headquarters in Paran, right next to the new Paran High School. You'll hear some construction noises as we talk. On the wall of his office is a quote from Plato. I would teach children music, physics and philosophy, but most importantly music, for in patterns of music and all arts are the keys to learning. It captures what the Song Room, and indeed the Arts Learning Festival, is all about. We began by asking Simon about the Song Room and its mission. Well, the Song Room is a national non-profit organisation that's focused primarily to address the educational equity gap through arts learning. I think that there's an extraordinary amount of research that demonstrates the impact of quality arts learning on engaging kids more broadly in schools and schooling. And unfortunately, the schools that probably have least opportunity to deliver quality arts learning tend to be those in disadvantaged communities. So what the Song Room is about is finding ways to introduce programs into schools around a teaching artist to build capacity, capability and confidence in generalist teachers so that they too can actually deliver quality arts learning programs. I suppose you're probably aware that three out of four primary schools across the country actually don't have a specialist music teacher. And generalist primary teachers in their pre-service training often only receive around 15 to 20 hours of instruction on how to deliver arts learning programs and that's across all modalities of arts learning. So the Song Room ideally works in partnership with schools and with systems to try and build the capacity and capability of generalist teachers to deliver arts learning and in so doing engage kids and in due course obviously by engaging them reduce absenteeism and lift learning outcomes across a broad range of subject areas. So, I mean, you mentioned research there. I know there's, there's been research done on the Song Room's own work, and that's yes. uh, quite compelling. Oh, well, it is. Some years ago, Brian Caldwell, former Dean of the Graduate School of Education at the University of Melbourne, and Tanya Vaughan, who's now at uh, Social Ventures Australia, 
conducted comprehensive research in a number of schools that the Song Room is involved in in Western Sydney and looked at the impact of programs there in delivering arts learning for a semester and a year and measured the impact not just in terms of obviously the kids enjoyment of arts learning but looking at the quite significant impact on reducing absenteeism raising levels of senses of social well-being but perhaps more importantly lifting academic outcomes across a broad range of subjects and I suppose from the point of view of politicians and bureaucrats across the country, actually lifting NAPLAN scores as well. Well, that's got to be compelling for politicians and bureaucrats across the country. Well, you'd like to think so, Shane, wouldn't you? Just picking up on that previous point, Simon, when you talked about the lack of uh, formalised music programs and mm. arts programs within schools and the curriculum, that really goes to that whole question of how you see the arts, I suppose. Mm. And certainly the thinking behind the Arts Learning Festival and what we're doing at ISB is that the arts aren't just an add-on, but we actually see them as a core part of the curriculum. Clearly, that's something you strongly believe in. Oh, absolutely. If I can go back to my previous role at St Michael's Grammar School when I was head there, one of the things we did was build our program with a specific focus on the performing and visual arts as being an integral part of the learning experience of every student. Because there are so many things that a student or a young person will actually learn through being involved in the arts, that actually they are less likely to learn in other areas. Although interestingly enough, I think that there is a significant parallel between what you learn in the performing arts and what you learn in outdoor education, which is another okay. often neglected aspect of the curriculum. Because I think one of the things that you learn, particularly in the performing arts, whether that be dance, drama or music, is the ability or, or the importance, I should say, of taking safe risks within a structured context or environment. And if you think about the first time you might sing aloud in front of your peers or play the clarinet and getting over that sense of anxiety, concern about how you might be received, then you take the step, you play or you sing, the exhilaration of doing that, and then the wonderful release, and then the realisation, actually, if you can do that, you can do other things. It's the same as abseiling for the first time, really. You know, the anticipation as you poise on the brink of the precipice, the descent into uh, down the side of a cliff, and then the enormous relief and excitement when you hit the bottom. And I think you experience those same sorts of things in the arts. Because at the end of the day, what we most want to encourage our young people to do, particularly if we want them to be creative and innovative, is to understand the importance of sometimes stepping beyond that point at which they feel comfortable, taking a risk. And what they must also learn is to be supportive of others when they take risks as well. And I think you see that in arts learning. That probably leads us on to the next question I have for you, and that relates to the blog you recently wrote for the Arts Learning Festival website, which was called The Shock of Art. And it had an unlikely beginning, didn't it, of course? <laughs> you were on Beach Road one early one morning, pedalling away. For listeners who haven't read it, can you tell us the story? Well, it begins with this uh, experience I had some time ago now, because the blog went live a little while ago. I'm a keen cyclist. I get up every morning. In fact, I was up this morning cycling at 5.15. And as I was cycling along, and the roads are normally quite quiet at that particular point, a delivery truck came flying onto Beach Road, hadn't looked, and saw me at the last minute, you know, despite the fact I'm lit up like a Christmas tree. And it was quite clear that 
this delivery truck driver probably drove that same route regularly all the time and, and had never seen me or any other cyclist before and simply rolled through this stop sign every morning. It was part of their routine. And in their routine, I don't think the routine actually had a cyclist, despite the fact that they were incandescent with their LED lights and so on. And I remember looking back behind me after I passed and had said a few words of good Australian invective to the driver <laughs> in passing, that he was still there and only shifted when a car following behind me beeped its horn and brought this person back. And when I was thinking about the role of art, it's, it's actually very, very similar. I think good art will actually shock you out of your complacency, out of your routine way of doing and seeing things, and cause you to reflect and think about things differently. It's defamiliarizing the familiar. And I mean, I know that's probably almost a cliche of art now. It's been around the whole notion for around about 100 years, but I, I genuinely think that that's what good art does. Mm. It takes the familiar and shocks us into thinking about things differently. And when I reflect on all the good art that I enjoy, it's always done that. And I'll go back to actually one of the first artists that caused me to think differently and defamiliarize the familiar was David Bowie. But oh. there's a whole other conversation there, Shane, Absolutely. that we could have. I wish we could have that. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Certainly my first visit to Mona, and oh, after yeah. we left, I felt unsettled. And I thought, well, that's a great thing. Yeah. Well, well, good art should unsettle. It should provoke us. It should challenge us. It should prevent us with conflict. And if it doesn't, then from my perspective, it's not art. Because art should be an intellectual challenge. It's not just some nice little picture that we hang on the wall that makes us feel warm and comfortable. Although that in itself is probably a provocative statement. Indeed. Let's turn to the work of the Song Room at the festival. I think it's a really exciting involvement across several events. And if we maybe go through them one by one, can you talk about making tracks? Well, making tracks is an opportunity for young people to work with NASDA, which is an indigenous dance training company, and allows them an opportunity to explore or to look at the unique ways their movements and footsteps can create marks or tracks on the places they move through during the choreography. Using an animal for inspiration and thinking about the tracks it might create on the landscape, students are given a chance to devise movements, rehearse and perform their dance sequence. It's an incredibly exciting opportunity. What a great concept. Now let's talk about the the work with Graham Leake and the Make and Play Orchestra. One of the exciting things about this particular workshop is a chance to, I think the term is upcycle, Shane, a whole variety of different lost and found objects and create musical instruments out of them. And then for those who want to, is to participate in a performance, an orchestral performance. So yeah, a chance to make music or percussion out of common or garden objects that lie around the place. So very different from making tracks in that sense. Absolutely, and and Graham's work is tremendous. I've heard some of his previous projects or the work that came out of those. It's really quite amazing. Yeah, but I think the commonality between the two, again, is it's giving young people the opportunity to create things. One, create movement. One, create music. Yeah. Of course, one of the, the most exciting things I think that uh, the Song Room will be involved in is the program at the National Gallery of Victoria. First Festival, of course, we did have a strong link with the gallery and they were great supporters. There's also an exciting new event from the Song Room that will be added to the program soon, and it's a portrait drawing workshop and the focus gallery tour by the Song Room, and that's part of the festival's offering at the NGV. 
Can you talk about that? I'd like to do it in the context of what I was saying earlier, Shane, about the shock of art. I think one of the interesting things about portraiture and the whole history of portraiture is how an artist chooses to present the image of the person whom they're painting and the qualities that arise in the different techniques and styles. So this is an opportunity to actually explore all of that and to create portraits as well and to learn a little bit about the portrait gallery at the NGV. So apart from the workshops that the Sunroom is involved in, we should also mention they come from your Arts Live online resource. I was exploring Arts Live the other day and it's a tremendous resource. Can you tell us about it? Arts Live is a remarkable digital online platform that supports teachers in the delivering of arts learning across all five of the modalities. It's directly connected to the Australian curriculum. Most of the resources actually come with teacher resources, teacher notes, lesson plans and so on. It goes from foundation to year 10. So it does provide a remarkable set of resources to support those teachers who might feel a little less confident in delivering arts learning. There is also a premium package which actually provides much more detailed and extensive resources. I would certainly encourage teachers to not only explore the opportunities that come through Arts Live, because it is free to all teachers in Australia, but also to consider actually upgrading to the premium package. There are many more opportunities there as well. We should also mention the Song Room and Independent Schools Victoria are offering a free 12-month premium subscription for Arts Live the first 100 member schools of ISV that complete an expression of interest form. Simon, thanks very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you as our guest on the Arts Learning Festival podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Shane, and thank you, ISV. We should also mention that the Song Room and Independent Schools Victoria are offering a free 12-month subscription for Arts Live to the first 100 schools that complete an expression of interest form. For details, contact us through the festival website or on 8257-7200, that's 8257-7200, during business hours. If you'd like to learn more about the fantastic work of The Song Room, you can visit their website, thesongroom.org.au. And of course, you can book into The Song Room's events at the Arts Learning Festival by visiting artslearningfestival.com.au. Simply go to the schools program where you can explore the rich offering for teachers and students that's been built around the curriculum. For each event, you'll find a full description of events, subjects and year levels covered, plus learning outcomes. Places are already filling for many events, so be sure to secure a place for you and your students. And for those of you curious about the impact of David Bowie on Simon's life, you can read his blog about the influence of Bowie under the news section on our website where this podcast lives. Well, that's it for this episode of the Arts Learning Festival podcast. We'll be back soon with the latest news, views and interviews from the Arts Learning Festival.